Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. That's right, it's Saturday night, so it's in much less detail time here. Our co-host, Ray, is going to be along any minute now. In fact, I just saw him pop up on the board. I think he'll be in here on the show in any minute. This is the show again. It goes to 11 Central Time, that is. It's Saturday, October the 6th, 2017. I am Jay. Dre, in the history of In Much Less Detail, is doing our first ever remote broadcast, putting it all on the line, life and limb, traveling up to Chicago. Uh, these days, that's uh, not necessarily too far from the truth, although he's not in Chicago. He's in the outskirts of Chicago. But we appreciate Dre making the effort to be on the show here tonight. Uh, we started off the week. We've got 13 games left to go on the schedule. We've got. It feels weird that it's week five and we're already into our first round of bye weeks. But you know, okay, why not? What the hell? We'll be dealing with this all the way up to Thanksgiving now. So we get a, a game on Thursday night, which I will go out and call the Kiss Your Sister Bowl. Another push um, in a game which Dre and I both saw wins for ourselves since we differed on the pick. Uh, come and go over that fourth quarter. And uh, Dre, uh, and anything exciting about that game other than what the, the possible outcome of one Nick Folk might be? Is this thing on? Am I on the air? You, you're live. Oh, good. I, I made it. Uh, quick question. When you come in, uh, when you log in, usually through that guest thing that I email you, when it tells you to push the number one to make yourself available. What do you do? Because there's nothing to push. I'm on a computer. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I do. Absolutely nothing. Oh. Yeah, I just click you in. I'm assuming you do the same thing to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, I, I guess I originally popped up maybe on the screen. Uh, and and yeah, you popped up on the screen and I clicked you over and. Your life. See, for folks who haven't listened to our show before, this is the first time that Andre has uh, hosted, basically, quote unquote, hosted the show um, via the uh, studio on the Blog Talk Radio site. So this is a completely foreign experience for him. Uh, I've only been doing totally. this for about four or five years now. Yeah, I just call in and I sit there, and then magically my voice appears on the radio. So you, yeah, we're 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 doing it live. Fucking things live. <laughs> okay, well, I'll know for the for the future uh, to just sit there and not do anything. Yeah. All right, but you're doing our first I, ever I, remote. That's right. I panicked and I I hung up the computer connection. And I quickly dialed back in on the phone, which I know is going to sound worse, but okay, uh, I, I didn't I didn't know I was connected uh, the other way, so that's why I, I, now I'm here on the phone. I'm, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to try to ruin it by calling back in on the headset because knowing me I'll get completely oh, cut off. See, I, assumed, I assumed I assumed I assumed that you were calling into the show. 
from the get-go. So I, I signed in yeah. through the site. Um, right. Because I assumed that you, I didn't assume that you'd have any computers or technology. I figured you were just, you know, s- sitting in a dark bedroom with a phone up to your ear. No, that's a, that's a good assumption because I didn't know if I'd be able to get everything set up. Uh, I didn't know what time I'd be getting here. I didn't know anything about that. So no, that's a good assumption. But no, I'm I'm set up. I got the whole workspace going. I, I got my uncle's oldest son's bedroom. I commandeered it. I kicked him out. He, well, I didn't kick him out. He was nice enough to let me have his bedroom, and, and he's out he's out doing whatever he's doing. Uh, but yeah, I'm ready to go. I got full space command here. I got my notes. Uh, I just you know drove for. 10 hours from Memphis to Chicago. Yeah. I didn't drive. We, we, we split the duties, my wife and I. So, but either way, I'm very tired. My neck hurts. It's been hurting since this morning. I don't know why. Um, so I, I'm going to be even more discombobulated and jittery and sputtering than I normally am. Uh, but I'm here and I'm, and I'm ready to go. And I, and I got my notes. Um, and you were asking about the game last night, uh, the Patriots and the Buccaneers in which, we wound up getting a push, to, as you said, to kiss your sister game. Yeah. That wound up being a two-point spread that finished with a two-point finish. But, yeah, we both had chances there. Uh, oh. What a what a strange and, game. <laughs> yeah, and just, and just to tell you that it's been a long day for me, I think I said it was Saturday. Yeah, you did. You did. It's I, Friday. I'm going to correct that. <laughs> it's Friday. That's okay. Nobody's listening live anyway, so – most people right. will probably be listening to the show on Saturday. But, yeah, I'm just sitting here. I'm thinking, wait a minute. You said last night. Last night. No, the game was, oh, shit, it's Friday. <laughs> yes, it was this just shows night. you how it messed up. Yeah, it's been a long day here on, on my end. I didn't drive, you know, third of the way up the country like you did. But, yeah, it's a typical long, typical long Friday for me. Yeah, you worked. You you didn't drive. You actually worked for a living. And... I worked all day. <laughs> I left my house at eight o'clock this morning, and I got home at nine fifteen tonight. So yeah, we're both kind of loopy. So this is going to be a real fun show for both of us. Oh, always. Um, well, the king's a non sequitur. But great job by you uh, starting things off. You, you got in, you hosted, you opened it up. You, everything went well, so I'm very proud of you. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the show goes. Um, I do have the total spread, train wreck. So take care of all of that. Total train wreck. Um, Tom Brady started out a total train wreck last night. Uh, it didn't look good in the first quarter or so, and a lot of off-target throws. Uh, he just got in rhythm. It was like he snapped his fingers and said, wait a minute, I'm Tom Brady. And next thing you know, he's just hitting everybody in stride and not missing any passes. I think it was 13 completions in a row uh, at one point. Uh, that's what put New England up 16-7. to seven. That was in the third quarter early on. And I was – honestly, I was sitting there going, this is bullshit, and the, and the Buccaneers are going to fuck me, and James Winston is playing like ass, and I don't know why I picked the Bucks, and why did I not believe uh, in the Patriots. But magically, all of a sudden, the Buccaneers find a way to, to get back in it, uh, making some defensive plays, and – the the cover came of course late with the uh, Jameis Winston touchdown to uh, to the tight end uh, Cameron Brady, but in between all of that, Nick Folk had some issues trying to kick field goals for the Buccaneers, and uh, if he makes those field goals, it, amazingly, the Buccaneers win the game, 
And it would have been a game. It would have been one of those games where I come in really feeling good and, and talking shit to you because I wouldn't have deserved it because the Buccaneers are not the best team on the field last night, not by a long shot. And I have to say it was disappointing. I, I've expected more out of Jameis Winston against that uh, uh, Patriots defense, which had been so atrocious all season. I expected more out of Kirk Cutter, uh, Dirk Cutter, rather, uh, getting a game plan together to take advantage of that bad defense. All the Patriots did was go into a bunch of zone coverages and, and sort of dare Jameis Winston to have some touch and fit it, fit those balls in there, and he couldn't do it. And it's like, this is basic shit. This is baby bullshit here. This is something I expect Deshaun Kaiser and the Browns to not be able to figure it out. But Jameis Winston's been around a, a little while now. Uh, they should have figured that out long before the garbage time touchdown uh, trying to get that late comeback. And it, it, it was discouraging as far as I'm concerned overall for the Buccaneers, even though they managed to get a push uh, because, and at the same time, you could say it, it would be encouraging because they didn't deserve to even get that close. Uh, but it, it, that's why it was such a weird game because, like you said, we both have vantage points one way and the other. You could say the Patriots didn't deserve to win because Nick Folk should have made some field goals and, and the Buccaneers should have won the game. And you also could say that the Buccaneers didn't even deserve to be that close because they pretty much played like ass. Yeah, let's not forget that the Patriots settled for two field goals inside the 10-yard line. You know, they were they were living down in the red zone uh, fairly often in that game and managed to have to kick field goals, which made that game. You know, but that's hey, that's that's part of it too. You know, the the Bucks held them. They they bend they bent and they didn't break and it gave their offense a chance to come back and and sixteen fourteen, I'm just like you gotta be kidding me. This is just the way it's going for Dre this year. <laughs> the, the, the Patriots have completely dominated this game and they are gonna crap away this cover. So then at that point, I became a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan and figured, you know what, screw it. I hope they win the game. And. <laughs> And wouldn't you know that the uh, the Patriots go on a, a drive and I all of a sudden then become the biggest Steven Gaskowski fan because at least a push isn't a loss. Um, so even though I'm at that point in the game late staring a loss squarely in the face, I, I'm just like praying that he gets that field goal. And then the Patriots still made it interesting uh, letting the Bucks get to within, you know, get down to about the 20, 25 yard line where they had, they could have taken some shots. So there was drama in the game, but I don't, it wasn't a very good game. And that's, that's a common thing on Thursday nights. We don't get a lot of good Thursday night football. It is a diluted product. Everything seems to be vanilla and dumbed down. And uh, I'd be perfectly fine if Thursday night football went away or if they brought it back like they did in the past, they'd, they'd started at Thanksgiving and then they'd run these games through the end of the year because maybe by that point you got a, you know, a little bit better sense of the product that you're going to get. Uh, they'd never flex a game into Thursday night because that would be punishment. But I don't know, especially with the baseball playoffs right now, I don't know if we need Thursday night football right now. We don't need it, but uh, every time you have a team like the Patriots that, is one yep. of the teams that people are very much interested in nationwide. What happens is you get a monster rating for Thursday night. You get that primetime rating, which all the uh, networks drool over having a program that gets monster primetime ratings to make money for their network. And therefore, 
unfortunately, Thursday night football is going absolutely nowhere. Yeah, I, I, I know. It, you know, it's just like we've talked about. Uh, I remember last year or the year before when I predicted that the uh, Saturday night playoff game was going to become the thing, right? That they were going to do this like all the time. And, and no sooner had the game happened than the articles came out within the next two or three days. Because remember you forwarding them to me going, yep, we nailed this one too. <laughs> you know, Because it had to do with the NFL and money. Right? That that's all it is. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Yeah. I'm just well, it's good to know that you have a computer tonight and you have access. I figured I was gonna be running all the sound effects tonight too, so that's that's good. I'll try to keep it to a minimum, but I had to chime that No, no, it's <laughs> That's perfect because it is all about the money. We got to get that one too. It's all about the money. Yeah, I got to go get Vinnie Mac, uh, Vince McMahon, saying it's all yeah. about the money because that's indeed it, it is always all about the money. <sighs> so uh, I guess we could move in. We a compressed week here. We don't have as many picks. Uh, maybe a little bit more freedom. We don't have to. We we'll still find a way to do the last three picks in ninety seconds, <laughs> but we have a little bit more a little bit more luxury tonight. Absolutely. You taking the honors, or am I taking back over? No, you could you can handle this part because this is this is what you do. <laughs> this is uh, this is what I do. Uh, I, I, I'm already loopy because the mistake that I made was I talked about it being a two point push uh, that we got is actually a five point push. That was a five, night, uh, yeah. That's right. New England was minus five and got that field goal. Another one of the reasons why I was a little a little curious about where you get your lines from because every book that I saw had that as a three and a half or four point spread. Really? Yeah. So I, I got screwed by your I got screwed by your pick 'em by your pick 'em game. Uh, it very well may have gone down to that by the time the game kicked yeah. off. I remember I got that line on Tuesday night. Yeah, there was, so that was two days yeah, that Tuesday night when that was at five, I'm guessing there was Bucks action uh, coming in on that because I, I, there were a lot of people that were looking at that Patriots defense and going, yeah, right. Bucks are going to roll these guys. Yeah. I will take the positive side and say that I took the Patriots because I at least had them winning. Uh, I think you had the Bucks winning straight up. I thought they were going to win the game. I, I yeah, thought James Winston so. was going to be big time. So I'll, I'll take a moral push. Uh, downside of me getting into the show so late was that we never had any time at all to figure out what our highlight games are going to be this week. So that's going to have to be something we do sort of on the fly here. Yeah, we're doing it live. That's right, we're doing it live. I think we got uh, three obvious ones, and we might want to just kill it at that. The uh, we'll see if you agree with that. The, the two teams with the the best combined records coming in, which incredibly is the Panthers and Lions. Um, but I don't know what how much we're going to say about that. Oh, yeah, Isn't the paper crazy? the paper champions bowl there, but yeah, it, 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 <laughs> that's okay. And then I think the. Packers Cowboys is of great interest uh, to everybody, and then the the Chiefs and the Texans I think is the main event of the weekend. 
Yeah, Chiefs Texans. Everybody's gonna, you know. I know that the national media is gonna tell us that the Packers and the Cowboys is the the game of the week, but that Chiefs Texans tilt is uh, superior, I believe, um, and will be much more telling for where teams are at than that Packers Cowboys game. A couple couple of teams that I still am having a hard time reading. So yeah, I, I, that's what you had up on the board for our. Uh, introduction to the show you know for people who are looking at the uh the write-up that you did for the show so yeah we'll, we'll go with that okay sounds good um see if i can do the plug this will be the real test can i do the plugs off the top of my head because i don't have them on my wall like i have at home uh so questions or comments uh always email the show at in much less detail at gmail.com uh, listen to our show live right here on blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. Listen to our show as a podcast uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Uh, come back here to the live show page and search our archives or go search us out on one of many, many, many different podcasting apps that are out there. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at IMLDDre. On Twitter, Jason is at IMLDJTG. And our picks will be up on a blog about 15 minutes or so after the live show is off the air. And our blog site is in much less detail.blogspot.com. And I think I did it all off memory, so yay me. You've only been doing it for years. Uh, yeah, exactly. I've only been doing this for five years. You know what you should do is just record it. And then we just finish the Uh-oh, are you still there? I'm still here. Oh, you're starting to break up on me, but that's because uh, I'm on Wi-Fi, so maybe that's a problem with me. Hopefully, you can still be heard by the show. Yeah, I'm hearing you loud and clear. You're hearing me loud and clear. Okay, that's good, because you're breaking up badly for me. But yet another obstacle to get over. All right, with that, on to the rest of Week 5 in the NFL. And we'll start with the Panthers and the Lions, Carolina and Cam Newton are three and one. Detroit and Matt Stafford are three and one. How the hell these two teams are three and one, I have absolutely no earthly idea. Uh, I know one thing. Apparently, if I have a pussy, I can't question anything that happens with Cam Newton and the Panthers because uh, it's funny to hear someone with a pussy talk about football, apparently. But uh, he's getting the uh, the slagging for that that he so richly deserves. In any event, uh not too much uh, on the injury front in this game. Uh, free safety Kurt Coleman is out for Carolina, and cornerback Daryl Worley I think is still out. And for Detroit, Kenny Galladay is still out as well. Uh, as far as the point spread goes, uh-oh. Hello? Looks like Jason dropped. I don't know why. And looking at me as if I'm the host is telling me to call in uh, as the host. But I think I'm already in. I'm still in on the uh, headset here. So Jason might have to call back in as a host. But uh, yeah, it says host disconnected. There he is. Are you still there? I'm back. Yeah, so I thought you dropped. And then all of a sudden I get this error message that comes up on the screen and it just says, 
there is a problem. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so this has got to be on their end because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm completely hardwired. Uh, I even had a comment from uh, one of my listeners, my mother, who listens to our show quite frequently that says that lately I have sounded much more clear um, on the show. So I have a feeling that that's because I'm on the upgraded computer here. I'm on I'm on the hard line. So yeah, cool. that that drop I believe was courtesy of our uh, of our provider, or it could be my internet. We've had internet issues here in Wisconsin mm-hmm. quite frequently over the last about three four weeks. I'm shocked that it hasn't crept into one of our shows yet, where because we'll lose internet here for just hours at a time, and it's 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 oh, been a man. lot. So that, that's pretty awful. Yeah, I actually kept talking like I was on the show and you weren't until I looked up and I saw that you were connected and I wasn't. And I saw the same thing. Um, so that was yeah. very strange. But the there very, is a problem. Strange. It's not a good message that you want right in the middle of a live broadcast. And I'm glad I didn't no, click it's... the option that just said end the episode. <laughs> So that I would not quickly be called back in. Yes. No, I quickly yeah. made sure that I called right back in. So here I am. Um, I caught a little bit of what you were talking about with Cam Newton, uh, with the press conference about the female reporter asking him about routes and it, that response of his is, was what, 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 what are you thinking? You're not, you're not thinking. You're just being no. a douche. That's all it is. So. Yeah, so we got a pick to make. I didn't get the spread uh, from you. Uh, the last spread that I saw for uh, that game was Detroit minus one. Really? Yeah. No, the uh, I, I just got all the spreads like about 9.30, so it's about as fresh as it gets off of the okay. uh, free handicapping website at covers.com. And that spread is Carolina plus two and a half, actually, at Detroit. Wow. Okay. That's quite... Quite a change from uh, when I looked on, made my picks tonight here, because I look across, yeah, I look across the whole uh, spectrum. Uh, okay, yeah, I see a one, and then I see a lot of twos and two and a half. So cause I, I'm seeing all the all the lines, and then they have the sort of consensus of all the of all the lines, and the overall consensus would be where you are at Detroit minus two and a half. So okay, I'm on board with that. Uh, I am going to go ahead and take the Lions here. I, I don't know what to make of either one of these teams. Uh, this, is, this is really one of those games where it's tricky to get into too much detail because Carolina is 3-1, and one, but they they don't look like the 3-1 and one team. They had that really good game offensively against New England, but that was apparently before New England just decided to start decided to start playing zone defense. And they were actually trying to go out there and play, I guess, normal man up defense, which just was not working. Um, and that got to the Patriots to be the worst defense in the league. The the Lions, if they're anything, at least are not the worst defense in the league. So I'm going to be very curious to see how that Carolina offense looks, especially with Cam Newton being as shaky as he's been. And I think we both agreed when we talked about this game uh, in the recap show that he didn't look that much better against the Patriots defense than he had in the previous weeks where he'd been shaky. The guys were just wide open. I mean, there were dudes just running free everywhere he looked. I mean, he didn't even need to do a first read, second read, third read. It didn't matter. They were all wide open. That's how bad the Patriots' defense was playing um, up until last night. 
So I think the Lions, they, they've got the home juice here going. They're going to be at home. Stafford's been playing exceptionally well. That Carolina defense is no great shakes either. So I don't think we're going to see Matt Stafford having to be, you know, 100% pinpoint surgical precision like he's had to have been the last couple seasons here, it seems like. Hey, maybe his guys will even be able to get a little bit of space against that Carolina secondary. I'm going to go ahead and take the Lions and give the two and a half. This is how messed up I think this game is. I think the Panthers will probably outgain the Lions in yardage. I think Cam Newton, the way he's been playing now since the season started, uh, with this sort of halfway uh, trying to gun everything and not really playing football, just trying to throw everything. He's not playing quarterback from what I've seen this year. He's just trying to be a gunslinger and force everything. Uh, to me, still a, a side item or a, a, a byproduct of him being injured and, and not being properly completely healed. Um, I, I think he's playing quarterback in a way that gets yardage and, and gets the ball uh, sort of downfield, but isn't really doesn't really have a lot of strategy to it. It's not really something where he's trying to, to score, not trying to get in the end zone too much. He's just trying to gun the ball and make sure everyone knows that his arm is strong. And that just that's just a lot of pride. It's just a lot of ego. And, and it comes out after the game when he tells the reporter, uh, you know, you have a vagina, so it's funny to hear you talk routes. Uh, I, I, think they, I think the Panthers can gain a lot of yardage on the Lions, and, and the Lions can maybe do just enough to hold – and stop the Panthers from getting in the end zone and the Lions will turn around and, and find a way into the end zone just because it's, I don't know how the Lions are the, the Panthers are three and one, quite frankly. Um, so I'm going to take Detroit along with you. Uh, they, they're both of these running games uh, were supposed to be something greater than what they are so far this year. Uh, Amir Abdullah, has not gotten going quite the way that uh, the Lions want him to. He's been better than he was. Um, and then uh, Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers certainly has not been doing what they thought that he would do when they drafted him in the first round this year. Uh, so I, I I don't look for too much from, from either one of those guys to help out, which will leave it up to the passing attacks. And I think uh, Matthew Stafford, We'll pull out one of those patented late comebacks and find a way to sneak out a victory uh, for the Lions. So I'm with you. Uh, I can't believe I got the Lions going to four and one, but I, I wouldn't believe it if I had the Panthers going to four and one. Either way, it's going to be an, unbe- an unbelievable outcome. Uh, but I'm going to agree with you and take the Detroit Lions. But if there's anything that we know that even if the Lions do go to four and one, they'll somehow still manage to miss the playoffs. Of course. <laughs> Because they're the Lions, and this is their move. Because they're the Lions. Yeah. They'll come down to the end of the year, and they'll find a way to, to lose that last game and miss the playoffs. Yeah, they'll right. totally gag it up with two weeks left to go. You know, they'll, they'll lose on some. They'll, they'll they'll have like a two game lead, and then it'll come down to like some crazy tie break scenario, and they'll blow the whole thing. Sorry, Detroit. We got to call it like we see it. Not like any Lions fans are calling this show. No. (laughs) No, they're not. Um, We go to our second highlight game, the Packers and the Cowboys down in Big D. 
And a lot of history when you think about Green Bay versus Dallas going back to the 90s and Brett Favre and Troy Aikman doing battle. Uh, it's one of those rivalries that really only present themselves in the playoffs because they don't play each other in the regular season all that often. Uh, so here is Packers-Cowboys once again. Uh, Green Bay is a uh, – Three and one team, and Dallas is two and two. But Green Bay is the underdog in Big D. They get two and a half points at Dallas, and that's not too much of a surprise uh, because Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have been a little uh, less than impressive so far this year. However, I don't know why the Cowboys really should be favored. They haven't been impressive themselves. Uh, the Cowboys, of course, let nine scoring drives happen last week for the Los Angeles Rams, and this is the Green Bay Packers. This isn't the Los Angeles Rams that comes in. So uh, I'm not calling for nine scoring drives for the Packers, but it wouldn't surprise me if they got like six or something like that. And Dallas, to match that, would really have to find another gear for their offense that they have not found uh, so far this year. So that's going to lead me to have to go with the Green Bay Packers uh, to get a road victory here. Um, Ty Montgomery has busted ribs, so the running game for Green Bay will consist of the rookie Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Uh, Devontae Adams uh, miraculously has been sort of practicing this week, you know, limited practice. So there's a chance he's actually going to make it out there Sunday after that disgusting hit that he got from uh, the Chicago Bears. Uh, it wasn't Pernell McPhee. It was, uh, it was Danny Trevathan. Danny Trevathan, uh, it's late. Uh, I know. Oh, I was there. Saw, so I, I saw that saw live in person. Yes, the one that made me sick to my stomach. Yeah. So, uh, last Thursday night, Adams may actually come back from that and play the very next game, but he's not cleared yet from concussion protocol, so hold off on him coming back yet. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they held him out at least one game. Uh, but – Potentially big news for Green Bay is both of their offensive tackles look like they're going to be up, uh, David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga. So they're going to need them to hold off uh, the Dallas pass rush. Uh, for Dallas, city of Dallas, once again, sorry to have to tell you, Sean Lee will not be out there once again for your team. It's, I know it's tough, but you just got to be strong. Um, Tyron Smith, the left tackle, has been banged up, so he may not be able to go either. Um, so I'm, I'm going with Green Bay. Uh, as I said, they should be able to do something to the Dallas defense, which doesn't seem to be offering too much resistance. And on the other side of the ball, uh, what I'm seeing with my eyes is it, it being backed up by the numbers is that the Cowboys' offensive line isn't doing what they normally do. I talked about Tyron Smith being hurt. That may have something to do with it, but whatever the case is, I watched that whole game last week against the Rams. That whole line is not blasting people off the ball like they have been. You can uh, say Ezekiel Elliott is distracted from his offseason and he's not running the way he used to or what have you. Uh, people are looking for excuses for why Zeke hasn't been the runner that he was last year. And I'm looking at the game and I'm saying it's, it's not Ezekiel Elliott's fault. It's, he's not getting the room that he normally gets. He's not getting the holes that he's normally been getting. And offensive line, no matter how dominant they've been, 
they all eventually get worn down, uh, and and some of them can just have you know off days or off weeks. Uh, it might just be a slump. It might not be anything permanent. We don't really know yet. But from what I'm from what I'm witnessing, Dallas is not blocking the way they have been before, and that's something that might get fixed and might not. But right now, I don't trust the Cowboys because they're not pushing around people the way they usually push people around. And I think that's going to allow the Packers uh, to come in and get a road victory. Well, we're going to have a disagreement on this one. I'm going to go ahead and I'm actually going to take the, the Cowboys and give the points here. Uh, yeah, that Rams game last week, although it was a very high-scoring game, I mean, both teams put up a ton of points, and if there's anything that I know, it's that the Rams' defense is much better than that Packers' defense. That Packers' defense will give up the booty, and they will let you score. So I don't think that the Cowboys are going to have a tremendous problem moving the ball. Tyron Smith is expected to play, or at least it's looking more likely that he'll play. Um but even if that's a four-man offensive line, I still will take them to push around the Packers up front and let Ezekiel Elliott do his thing and get his damage done. Um, matchup, uh, basically this is a rematch of the playoff game that we had down there in, in Jerry World last uh, last January where the Packers prevailed, moved on to the NFC Championship game. Maybe a little, a little extra fire for the Cowboys uh, trying to avenge that defeat which saw Aaron Rodgers go down there in sort of a bit of a stunning upset fashion. Uh, beat that Cowboys team, although it, it wasn't due to anything that the Cowboys offense was doing. That 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 cow they, they they put up a lot of points in that game. That was another one of those high scoring games. But Rodgers found a way um, to get those field goals late and uh, bring that team through to victory. I just I don't trust that that Packers offensive line. I don't trust their running game. Although I did like that little bit of a spark that Aaron Jones seemed to give them, and that's only because. Averaging 3.8 or 3.9 yards attempt makes you look like a all-pro running back when you play for the Green Bay Packers, considering the uh, high twos that they'd been getting out of the other guys, especially Ty Montgomery. So maybe a little bit of addition by subtraction there, getting a, a guy numbered in the 30s toting the rock for you instead of an 88. Which I, uh, That's just like an affront to football when I see the Aaron Rodgers turning around and handing it off on every play to an 88. It's like, what are we doing here? Might as well just be a tight end. So I, I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, I like the Cowboys here. I don't I don't necessarily love this pick. I haven't loved any pick I think I've made all year. I, I've never – I haven't made a single pick yet where I'm like, yeah, I got this one. It's been it's been a slog. So I'm hoping I'm hoping to get this thing turned around here, start getting some some positive vibes out of some of these picks that I'm making. But the, the, Green, Bay, the Green Bay offense, it's all right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the whole thing. And if he, if he can have a field day back there, that's going to give them hope. Um, I don't know why I'm expecting a, maybe a, maybe a bit of a down game from him. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but that Rams offense last week that the Cowboys played might be a better balanced overall offense than that Packers offense that's coming in there. That's, that's something we probably never thought we'd hear on this show that the bite your tongue. Jared Goff, Sammy Watkins, Todd Gurley connection coming through Dallas, but they definitely have balance. They have a run, you know a, a good running back guy who can catch balls out of the backfield, and Jared Goff has been admirable at least so far, or serviceable in what he's been doing this year. And it's a far cry from what he was last year, 
But realistically, are we that surprised? I mean, we do see this a lot where you have that rookie quarterback goes out and just gets annihilated and destroyed and looks completely lost, is able to bounce back in that second season. Um, so, I, you know, I wasn't one of those people who just thought that Jared Goff was going to be the drizzling shits again all year this year, like like he clearly was last year. But, yeah, I, I definitely think that the, the challenge that the Packers defense presents, which isn't very much, is going to let the uh, Cowboys score enough to cover this number. You know, you're just an 88 hater. You just, every time Ty Montgomery comes up, you're just hating on the guy running in the, I do. In the backfield. He is, he's, not, he's not doing anything to prove me wrong. That's the thing. You know what you are? You just you just discriminate against guys with the number 88. You're just a discriminator. That's all you are. You're an 88 racist. That's what you are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying my 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 running backs, uh, my running back 30s, my, my 33 numbered running back privileges. <laughs> Getting that privilege, you don't even know it. That's right. Uh, onto our third highlight game will be Sunday night football, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. KC at 4 and 0. They're the last ones, right? They're the last undefeated team left. They are. Hey, if we're only in week five, that's nuts. Yeah, it is. And the Houston Texans at 2-2, two and two, but of course looking like a different team ever since Deshaun Watson took over at quarterback in place of Tom Savage. Uh, so it should be a fun one. Should be the, the best game of the weekend. Uh, probably one of the more important games in uh, regular season games in Houston Texans uh, home field history. Uh, having a team that's undefeated come in uh, week five is not exactly late, but it's pretty late. And you got the rookie quarterback, Watson, setting the world on fire. I think it'll be a huge, huge statement if he keeps it going and winds up knocking off the last undefeated team. So I think both teams are going to be all sorts of fired up for this one. Uh, The public thinks that Deshaun Watson and the Texans will get it done because they give one point, which is basically like a pick them. But Kansas City, despite having no losses, is plus one at the 2-2 two and two Houston Texans. Jason, what's your pick? I'm, I'm not stunned by that line. I think that's a function of the fact that the Texans over the last two weeks, even though they're 1-1, one and one, have played some mighty impressive football. Uh, culminated last week with that 57-point outburst uh, throttling the Tennessee Titans, which we, we, I, neither one of us saw that coming. I mean, that was oh, impressive. No. And then going up to New England – and basically coming one uh, defensive brain fart away from uh, beating the Patriots up in New England. So, uh, yeah, I, I could, I'm on board with that minus one for the Texans. It's still the number moving towards Kansas City. You know, that's still two points off from where we would normally get from the cop-out line. So that number has drifted towards the Chiefs, uh, pushing that into Pickham territory. It just, there just hasn't been enough money, obviously, flowing that direction. Um, to push that over to the uh, all the way over and making the t- uh, Texans a home dog here, but I am going to go out and say that the Texans uh, get it done um, it, at home and uh, knock off the Chiefs from the unbeaten's. I, I don't think that the I mean, the Chiefs are a phenomenal regular season team, and I know that's a sideways compliment, but they're not going to go undefeated. And I think this is going to just be too tall of a task for them, with I think all the energy that's going to be going on down there in Houston for this game. And this is going to be uh prime time 
So we're going to get to see, you know, Deshaun Watson's going to get his chance in prime time. Let's, I don't think, given the performance that he's had the last couple of weeks, that he's going to be rattled. Um, the Chiefs are going to be very workmanlike, though. I mean, we know that. They are the consummate professionals. I don't expect this to be a blowout in either direction. I think this is going to be a very close game. At a one-point number, I wouldn't be stunned if this was a push. I mean, I think it could be that close. Um, but I do like the Titans to prevail here with that defense at home, the energy of the crowd. Uh, Houston's having a pretty good run right now for uh, for sports in that city based on you know, what the Astros doing, what they're doing, and now the Texans. I think that fan base um, needs something to cheer about given the fact that, you know, just a few weeks ago that city was basically swimming in raw sewage, and who knows how much of that they've even recovered from because it, we just keep piling up disaster on top of disaster. So that, that, whole, uh, that whole Harvey thing, that's all old news. Who cares about that? we got bigger and better disasters that we can keep covering now. we got people getting, you know, we got shootings and, you know, Puerto Rico getting wiped off the map, and we had Irma. It's just all this stuff going on. We, it feels like Harvey was years ago. But that was a major thing, uh, and I know that they're still having issues they're trying to recover from down there. So that, that city is in a furor right now, needs something. They're just whooped up and ready to go. I think they're going to really be bringing it on uh, Sunday night, and that's going to go the Texans' way. I think that, just, I think that energy is going to help propel that team to a victory. That defense, I think, is going to just get after it. The Chiefs are lucky that the Texans can't, find a way to get Jose Altuve in uniform for in time for this game and put him in the backfield because he'd probably run for three touchdowns the way he's doing uh, doing things right yeah. now. That's, that that whole boy, that whole <laughs> We talked playoffs a little after that, but, oh, that Houston team is good. Yeah, yeah they, they really are. And that, that little second baseman is real good, like MVP good. Um, as far as the football game goes, uh the injuries are small, but might be key. Houston is still going to have uh, be without their quarterback, Kevin Johnson. They've been missing him for a couple weeks now, and they've been struggling stopping in the past. So uh, that might be uh, an issue against Alex Smith, what he's been doing so far this year. But on the other side, Kansas City is going to be missing two inside offensive linemen, two interior linemen, the center Mitch Morse and the guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. And they've done a lot on the ground, obviously, with Kareem Hunt, uh, not having their center, Mitch Morris, for most of the time. And now we took away Duvernay Tardif. We start chipping away at the inside of, of that offensive line. That might leave Hunt having to go outside more and, and get yardage that way. This is a bad linebacker core, the Houston Texans, to try to get yardage outside because they really do a good job of rallying to the football. They've got great athletes across the board, no surprise uh, for anyone who's paid attention to the way we feel about these teams. You know that I love the Texans. I picked them to win the AFC this year, and I've been a big fan of that defense. Uh, I'm going to have to go with you and take the Texans. Uh, I think it, I also think it's going to be a, a, an, an evenly matched game, a close game. Uh, I see it as a battle of two teams who, well, they both lit up the New England defense. That's not hard to do. But that's one common opponent that the Patriots have in, in the way that the defense has been beaten up this year. Both KC and, and Houston have done it to them. Two offensive lines going head-to-head in Andy Reid and Bill O'Brien strategizing against each other. I think it basically comes down to the best defense wins the game. 
and I really do think that's the Houston Texans, uh, Bill O'Brien will have Deshaun Watson just embarrass the Chiefs defense like he did Tennessee. If the, if the Kansas City defense wants to slack even a little bit, uh, he will not let up. He's shown right now that he doesn't give two flying fucks about anybody. He's got his man at quarterback, Deshaun Watson, and he's going to show everybody what he can do when he has a quarterback he believes in and, and, and trusts. And I think that's what's going to wind up happening is whatever close staffy pool winds up happening in the first half, maybe the first three quarters, uh, if Bill O'Brien can find an advantage and, and find a way to get Houston out in the lead, they're not going to let up. They're going to keep going, and they're going to try to smother the Kansas City Chiefs and, and put that thing away. And I'm with you. I'm going to take the Texans to – it wouldn't be an upset because they're technically a favorite, but – uh, it would be sort of an upset in our mind to knock off the last undefeated team in football, the Kansas City Chiefs, in what should be a very fun game on Sunday night. Yeah, and if this game was in Kansas City, I might feel different, but this is one of those spots where the Chiefs might miss Eric Berry. Uh, they're going to maybe feel a little bit of that pain because this is a tough road spot, and that's when you need someone like that bringing the lumber back there. Now the rest of week five in the NFL and even more less details starting in Cleveland, the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. There's some dog shit games this week. Oh yeah. Yes, there are. The Jets are two and two somehow. And the Browns of course are 0 and four. I I figured this one out for me. The Jets are underdogs. Jets give or get one point. New York plus one at the 0 and four Cleveland Browns. Yeah, well, looking into it, I'll tell you why the Jets, much like much like the Jaguars, have this like whole heckle and jide home and road thing going. I don't trust the Jets. I'm going to take Cleveland at home to get their first win. Um, wow, the way the Browns have played this year is not just bad; it's like legendarily bad. Uh, and the Jets have shown a little bit of uh, a bit of pride lately. Uh, gotten those two home games actually showed up for them. I think there's no way in hell that they don't go three and two and beat the Cleveland Browns. I don't see any relief in sight for the Browns right now. Cause there's, what are they going to do? They, they're going to play better. They can't, they're not good enough to play any better. I think they're playing about as well as they can right now. I have so much faith in the jets pride as a veteran group and the Browns being so bad. I'm locking the Jets in as my lock of the week. The Browns are atrocious, and I almost feel like it's cheating. I almost feel like taking candy from a baby, so, of course, you you know what that means. Yeah, especially because I disagree with you. Moving on to the Jags and the Steelers, which should be a decent game, but the Jaguars obviously have lost some steam from what they were doing earlier in the year. They go to London two weeks ago. Uh, get that win, but come back losing overtime to the aforementioned Jets. Now they have to go to Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers offense maybe starting to turn it around and, and put themselves on the map. Jaguars at two and two are seven point underdogs at the three and one Steelers. And as I just mentioned, the Jags are that other team that's got that whole heckle and jide home and away thing going. They looked great at their home and they're home away from home. And they've looked fairly pedestrian and awful on the road. I'll let, I'll, I'll, take, I'll let the Steelers take advantage of that. I'll give all the points. So the top two 
pass defenses in football. The Jaguars are one and the Steelers are two if you go by yards per game given up. So it should be a defensive struggle, at least uh, at the beginning. But obviously the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger have the tools to loosen any defense up over time. And Blake Bortles and the Jaguars do not have those tools, uh, especially the Steelers having Le'Veon Bell come back on and, and finally show some signs last week. Uh, looks like the Steelers might be about to round into shape, so I'm going to agree with you and give the seven and take the Steelers. Arizona visits Philadelphia uh, in the first of two games in which a team out west has to come all the way east for a nooner. Usually doesn't work in the favor of the West Coast team. Uh, Carson Palmer and the Cardinals at two and two. Uh, they get six and a half points uh, at the three and one Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and other than that first game where the uh, Eagles won thirty to seventeen, and that game looked that the score looked bigger than the actual game difference was because that game got out of hand thanks to some dubious refereeing and some uh, some calls that I don't think everybody quite agreed with um, at the end of that game uh, to get out of hand. Other than that, the Eagles have been playing incredibly tight games. They are not putting anybody away. I actually expect the Cardinals to hang in this one and uh, cover that number. So I don't think that the Eagles have it in them to put up any as much enough offense to cover a big number. So I'm going to take the cards and the points. I concur. Uh, they, uh, they sort of discovered a kid in the running game and Wendell Smallwood to take some of the production that Darren Sproles was giving them that, uh, that they lost when he got hurt. But now Smallwood is likely not going to play on Sunday and they're going to be missing one of their better defenders, uh, the lineman Fletcher Cox as well. Uh, I agree. I think the Cardinals can keep it close because the Eagles aren't blowing anybody out of the water. Um, even though it's a long road trip, uh, I think uh, Philly's going to get a test. Uh, product, uh, the protection of their quarterback, Carson Wentz, is going to be tested by the, the Cardinals who can come after anybody. Um, so I will also uh, agree with you and take the Cardinals to cover that. Cincinnati hosts Buffalo. The three and one Buffalo Bills don't know how they're three and one. There's some teams I just don't know how they've gotten the records that they've gotten. And Cincinnati, of course, one and three, and off to that terrible start that they had before finally breaking through last week and beating the Browns. Uh, here's how much the public loves the Buffalo Bills and believes in their three and one record. They're still three point underdogs at the one and three Bengals. Yeah, I'll take those points. That Buffalo defense is showing me something, and that travels. That is going on the road. Um, and they're getting just enough out of that offense to to keep it rolling here. And, and, and Cincinnati, I mean, it, Cincinnati's pretty much done anyways. This is a perfect spot for the Bills to go in there as a dog. They probably shouldn't be and get a win. Got a PFF stat that was interesting uh, to look at on this one for the uh, Bengals. Andy Dalton uh, has 11 passes that he's thrown away. This year, where you just drop back, you got nothing open, so you just throw it away. That's tied for the third most throwaways after four weeks uh, in the last 12 seasons. He's got a throwaway on 7.7% of his dropbacks. That's a lot of dropbacks, and all that means is he's not getting protected. Yeah, he's uh, not so getting protected, will, uh, and, dudes, and dudes aren't open. And dudes are not open. Uh, even though he's got that, that A.J. Green guy, he seems to always find a way to, to find him and make plays. And relying on him even more now with Tyler Eifert having been missing for most of the year. Um, 
so despite that the uh, stat that I just gave, I, I, I like the, the short passing game plan that the new offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, has put in for the Bengals. Uh, I think that'll cut down on some of the throwaways. It'll be checking down a little bit more and, and a little quicker decision-making. I think that's going to test that Buffalo D that's been playing so well this year. I'm actually going to take the Bengals and give the three points. I, I actually believe in them playing better than they have so far this year. Tennessee and Miami, the Titans coming off of getting their ass tanned last week uh, down in Houston. Miami Dolphins coming off of getting their ass tanned over in London uh, against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you got shut. I still can't believe you got shut out by the Saints defense. Uh, so who's going to recover and have a better showing? Most people think it's the Titans. Tennessee at 2-2 two and two gives three points on the road at 1-2 and two, Miami, who's finally on October the 8th going to play their first actual home game of the season. In their home opener, I'm actually going to take the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Marcus Mariota, there's word that he might try to go, which I actually think might be the worst possible thing for the Tennessee Titans based on the fact that it's a hammy, so he's, even if he plays, he's not going to be very mobile. The word is that he's in practice, and he's been pretty much statuesque back there. That's not what you want against that Miami front four. And the alternative is Matt Castle, who's a statue to begin with. So I'm looking for the Miami front four to wreak some havoc in uh, that defense to carry them to a victory. Yeah, the Dolphins get to play at home finally. Uh, Ray Maoluga supposed to be helping them stop the run. He finally debuts for them. He hadn't played the first – four weeks of the season, uh, well, the first three weeks for Miami because they didn't play at all in week one. But, uh, yeah, it's great that Miami finally gets to play in Miami in front of their home crowd. Too bad the team's already dead. Home schedule starts, and they're already out of it. They're, they're, that team is just – Jay Cutler, uh, I'm a I'm a fan, but he's been a disaster. Was, uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Um, the, the defense has not been very good stopping the pass. Um, I got the Titans to be the ones to bounce back and bounce back big. Uh, I've been reading the same thing you have about uh, uh, Marcus Mariota being, pract- being in practice and surprising everybody and looking like that there's a chance that he's going to go. I'm, I'm, I have no information at all, but I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Matt Castle. I think Tennessee on Sunday morning is going to get smart and say, this guy is too valuable, Mariota, and we're not going to risk it, so we're going to let him down for one week. Probably a little gamesmanship, I think, going on here, letting Miami think that uh, Mariota might play. But I bet it's going to be Matt Castle. I bet it's going to be a lot of running uh, by the Titans' offense, and they're going to sort of workman-like their way to a victory over the Dolphins. Indianapolis hosts San Francisco. Here's another one of those terrible games that we have this week. San Fran is 0-4. They are one-point dogs at 1-3 Indianapolis. You know, I actually haven't been that unimpressed with the Jake Brisket experience uh, in Indy so far, and the the Niners are dog shit, so ah, who cares? I'll take the the Colts because you got to pick someone. Uh, both teams actually actually been kind of competitive. They, neither one of them has been really getting blown out that much. Um, I, I you got to pick one. I, I'm going to pick the the 49ers to break through and get their first win. Uh, based on nothing more than the Colts are just the the, the Niners are bad. The Colts aren't any good either. I, I, I think the I think the 49ers will actually get a, a ground game going and, and beat them on the ground and win the game that way. 
Uh, here's the other West Coast team that has to come east, uh, the L.A. Clippers with Phillip Rivers at 0-4. I call them the Clippers on purpose because that's what they are, the second team in L.A. Uh, the Chargers at 0-4, three-point underdogs at Eli Manning and the 0-4 New York Giants. Someone's got to get a win unless they tie. Pretty sad, pretty sad to think that this would have been like a, this is a couple weeks from now. This will be a Halloween game, but here's the music I have for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is this the garbage game or what? Oh, my God. You know what? I'm even going to go one farther for possibly might be the first time since we've rolled this feature out on our show. I'm taking the Giants in this game. And? Oh. They're my lock of the week. I'm taking an 0-4 team as my lock of the week. I think that might be a first. Uh, that as my, I, I concur. I, I don't see how the how Eli Manning and the Giants can't go over the Chargers the way they've been playing right now. Just there's no incentive for the Chargers to get on the plane and play well at New York. So I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, the Seahawks and the Rams as we go to the late afternoon games. Seattle at two and two, and Russell Wilson and the Seahawks looked pretty good on Sunday night last week. They are one point underdogs, however, at the somewhat more impressive three and one Jared Goff and the LA Rams. Yeah, this is the kind of game that the Seahawks get up for. You always you always call it the sunning, you know, or I we always call it the big brother, you know, the the, the, the Rams, hey, look at us. We're all big into Yeah, you know what? There's still that team that's been sitting atop that division for what feels like almost the better part of a decade now, but you gotta go through those guys. I'm gonna take the Seahawks here in the experience. Yeah, there you go. Son, you think you're that good, but we're still the Seahawks, and we're going to prove it to you by beating your ass on Sunday. I concur with that one. Baltimore and Oakland, it's E.J. Manuel time for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Baltimore at 2-2, two two, three-point underdogs at E.J. Manuel and the 2-2 two two Oakland Raiders. Well, that would be just so Ravens for the Ravens to lose to E.J. Manuel. Uh, <laughs> I, it's E.J. Manuel. I'm going to take the Ravens. Yeah, I, I understand that it's EJ Manuel, but God, Joe Flacco, it's, he's been the, about the worst. We've had some awful quarterback play in the league this year, and Joe Flacco might be at the at the top of the list. Uh, and the PFFs that Michael Crabtree, when he's been targeted, Passer rating of 147.1. That's the third best for any wow. wide receiver this year. So I think EJ Manuel yeah. probably learned the same lesson. Just target Michael Crabtree. Let him make plays. Crabtree is supposed to be back for this game from injury. And so I will take EJ Manuel and the Oakland Raiders and give the three points. And finally on Monday night, got a new quarterback debut there as well, not because of injury, but because of ineffectiveness. It's Mitch Trubisky going for the Chicago Bears. The one and three Bears hosting the two and two Vikings on Monday night. Minnesota gives three at Chicago. This would normally be a spot where I do try to do a little bear whispering, but all the whispers that I'm hearing are telling me that the Bears should have started Mike Glennon in this game. I think that that Vikings defense is going to feast on Mitch Trubisky in his debut. Uh, give me the Vikings squish. Uh, I have no reason to doubt that. Uh, I, I don't know why anyone would pick the Bears except 
do. I'm sitting here in Chicago. I'm not in Chicago. I'm near Chicago. I'm sitting here near Chicago. I'm back in my hometown. I think the Bears get an emotional bump from Mitch Trubisky's debut. He's the backup quarterback. They love the backup in Chicago. And I say the Bears beat the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football for Mitch Trubisky. Yeah! And on to our VIP after show program. That, that was a, I, I just had to ramp that up to get it in the live show because that was a perfect ending there. I was right on the money, right in the last second there. It just felt like the right thing to do. I don't feel that you, strong about it. I actually, I, <laughs> but I am taking. Yeah, it. Nor, yeah, like I said, this would normally be you know if if the bear whisperer doesn't see it, you're in trouble. I know, I know. I'm not going to change. It like I said, I'm still. This, I'm I'm right here, man. I'm right near Chicago. I I, I got to make the pick. I got to do it. Okay. I, I wish I could say that I got a. I wish I could say I have a house full of people listening to the show and making me have to pick Chicago because I'm here in Chicago. But the fact is, nobody cares. No one's listening to the show. Everyone's gone to bed. So <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm like in my uncle's uh, son's room, just screaming my my head off and making a lot of I'm, noise. I'm the only person awake in this house right now at the moment. Although my son yeah. um, has been climbing out of bed every night around 12, 1230 to sneak upstairs to crawl into bed with, with me and my wife. <laughs> so he's going through that phase, which we thought we were through because my daughter just finally gave that up, you know, maybe like right. six months ago. And now he's in that phase where he gets up. As soon as he wakes up in the middle of the night, the first, the first inclination that he gets is I got to go climb in bed with mom and dad. So I will wake up many mornings and there's my son. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Although my daughter, I did that at my daughter age, did absolutely. it. Last, yeah, my daughter did it last night and went out of her way to wake me up to let me know <laughs> that she had climbed into bed. Uh, I was like, "Oh, really?" And I don't know what time it was. It had to have been one thirty or two o'clock in the morning, and I'm just getting some good sleep, having some dreams, you know, enjoying enjoying my several hours of rest that I get before they wake me up at six o'clock. And uh, yeah, my daughter will just starts like you know, shoving on me and climbing up against me just to wake me up to tell me that she came upstairs to sleep by us. Your daughter wanted the attention on her. She wanted <sighs> everyone to see her. Yeah. Really? What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't see, I don't see my, my kids uh, when I go through my, the like in this later week stretch, like my Wednesday, Thursday, Friday stretch. Cause I work late, you know, so I get home after they're in bed. And so when I got up this morning, I said, you know, I said Trini, I said, why? Did you have to wake me up last night to tell me that you were upstairs sleeping and that she had to said because she misses me so that I couldn't be mad at her? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I know. Daddy's a little girl. What am, I, what am I supposed to do? Can't be mad. I know. Oh, well, yeah. So how was the travel? I saw, that, I saw that you went to the home of the throat rolls. Have you been there? I have. Did they still, did they still oh, throw okay. them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I okay. wasn't quick enough to whip out gonna... my phone and, and film it, but yeah, dude running around just throwing it to whoever puts their hands up. He's throwing them right there. And he's was... got, the, got the nice delivery. He's got the Greg Maddox, uh, not too hard, nice, <laughs> nice soft delivery right into your hands. Yeah, it was like, I knew about all of that because I've got, I got family that's been there before too. Yeah. Uh, so they told me all about it. But yeah, I, I saw it in action and it was pretty fun. But, the, of course, the lasting impression of going to Lambert's, the restaurant, is 
called Lambert. There's a few of them. There's not uh, it's not just the one there in Sykeston, Missouri. There's a few locations, but sure, yeah, that's the one that that's in be- right in between Chicago and and Memphis. So that's yep. You know, right in it wasn't out of the way at all. Um, but I think the lasting impression of Lambert's is how much fucking food you get, man. That was an unbelievable amount of food for a very uh, relatively cheap price. And I, I don't know about you, but I could not believe how much food. You, you got what you order, and then there's people walking around with more food, just throwing it on your plate, just randomly throwing it. Hey, you want some more? You want some potatoes? Here, here's some more potatoes. Here's some uh, macaroni and tomatoes, I think they had. Here's some uh, black-eyed peas. It's everything. Uh, not the music group black-eyed peas. That'd be different. Uh, but it's the amount of food. And then, to top it off, somebody walks around with a, the cinnamon rolls, uh, that they'll, it wasn't something that you're, they're just handing out. They'll tag that onto your bill, but they were the, that had to be the biggest cinnamon roll I've ever seen. It was a typical, you know, styrofoam container, like the, the type that will hold like a, a Chinese, uh, dinner or, yeah. uh, you know, it was that big. It filled up the entire styrofoam container of a, of a cinnamon roll and completely covered in icing. And my wife and I had to buy that. Even though we got diabetes, we don't care. We just said, you know, you only live once. So we bought the thing. We we killed it tonight. And it was huge. And it was very good as well. So uh, like I said, I don't know what your impression of Lambert's is, but that's mine is how much food you get. You cannot leave, leave there uh, still being hungry. Yes. And since we're not going to lose any sponsorships from Lambert's in Sykeston, Missouri, I will tell you that my experience of being there was that it was – it it really was just the hook of they throw rolls at you. The food was yeah. okay. Um, the bread, they're baked goods though, and that's like what you're talking about with the uh, with the cinnamon roll. I mean, the, we stopped there the first time we stopped there. We ate there. It was like okay, it was, it was something they threw the roll at you. Hey, okay, that's great. Uh, the second time we actually just drove there and picked up. Uh, fresh bread and just made sandwiches and stopped at a, we stopped at a, you know, we had the, we had the kid, we had the Trini with us. We had, Grant wasn't uh, born yet. So we were just driving home and we're like, you know what, we're just going to stop and we're just going to pick up that bread to be our bread. And then we went and just got some lunch meat and made sandwiches and ate them at the rest area. And it was just like, we had a little picnic and, but all oh, that bread was so good. Uh, no, what I was, I was going to, I was going to send back to you because I saw you post, um, that you were there, and I, I was going to try to – I couldn't find it, but I was going to try to have you look up the article about when they got sued by a customer who got hit uh, by a roll. <laughs> what? Yes, a customer – A roll. A, a customer, no, 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 it was even better than that. A customer sued them saying that they got hit in the eye by a roll, oh. and then they, they, they suffered a detached retina. What? <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> true story absolutely true story my wife and i were driving home from memphis uh after seeing you or my grandpa or both uh one of the times we were driving home it might have even just been this last time back in january and she's reading the article um about this person who sued them uh, so we were worried that they weren't going to be throwing the rolls anymore because Oh, you know, because they got sued because the roll hit someone in the eye and they got the detached retina. Um, so, yeah, they that, that's not a true only story. Are look, still, look it up. 
That's so ridiculous. You get sued for breathing these days. That's just uh-huh. stupid. Not I only should, did yeah, they throw be... the roles, yeah. but what, one of the roles like, was so high, it actually scraped one of the flags in the ceiling up there before it came down. So <laughs> they're, they're airing it out, man. They don't care. Uh, the guy's yeah. got, you know, plastic gloves on, so he's, you know, uh-huh. handling it with the gloves. But, yeah, he was he was dropping back. He was, like I said, he wasn't gunning. It wasn't Brett Favre. It was, uh, it was more of a, uh, you know, Steve DeBerg kind of lofted in there nice and soft. And, and uh, he had a very nice touch. Uh, yeah. Wasn't a lot of dropped rolls there because he was pretty much putting it right on people's hands. So I was very impressed. And that reminds me. There was an old, that reminds me. an older me. lady right across the aisle. No, there's an older lady right across the aisle, and he and she's the one that uh, when she requested a role, he w- walked right to the table and, and laid it right there. On uh-huh. the table. He didn't maybe she was it. the one with the detached so, retina. It uh, reminds maybe. me. I don't. I, I, you probably haven't seen it, but it reminds me of uh, of, of a Monty Python sketch where there's they're just something with like all this ultra violence. This is again back. This is back from like the '60s, maybe early '70s, and it's just looks like this. Somebody throws a ball like really lightly and it hits someone in the face, but because this whole thing's about like ultra violence, the guy's face just explodes in blood. Oh, oh <laughs> you know, no. and that's kind of what I think when I think of that story about somebody throwing a a fresh baked warm roll, <laughs> soft just, roll, mean, which, yeah, like really soft, you know. Yeah. It's just they don't they, they throw it all of a sudden and your eyes your eyeball detaches because you got hit in the face by a roll. <laughs> what I would my do retina with that bread you threw at me. What? What I would do is if if I'm you know, if I'm out and something happens to me and I end up with a detached retina, first thing I'm doing is I'm driving to Lambert's <laughs> and letting them hit me in the face with the roll, I'd be like, Oh no, Oh, look what you did. Oh, my God, my retina's detached. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I thought that was uh, amusing that you were there. Uh, do yourself a favor on the way back <laughs> down through there and stop at a restaurant called Huckleberry's. Um, I believe it's in Mounds, Illinois, which is uh, just north of Cairo. Oh, okay. So if you come up, if you're coming up 57, um, mm-hmm. it's Cairo's like literally yeah, the be... last city in Illinois before you leave the state. Cairo, oh yeah, yeah. Cairo's down there in the little nipple-looking part of Illinois, right down there on the river. So you get about maybe seven, eight miles in, and there's an exit for this uh, for a city called Mounds, and uh, it's right across from Almond Joy. And uh, it is. Wait a minute. Is that real? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just... No. Oh. Bullshit. Okay. Mounds and it's I'm, late. Mounds all. Yeah. yeah. No, the city's actually called oh, Mounds. There's a restaurant. There's a highway sign for it. It's called Huckleberry's. Got to go there. My wife and I stopped there on the way back up. We wanted to stop for breakfast, but they had stopped breakfast like five minutes short because they had some gigantic order um, come through uh, for some for lunch. So they switched over to lunch, and we ended up getting like the like catfish. Uh, like fried catfish bites and barbecue nachos, and it was incredible. So if they're still open, I mean, they were pretty new when we were there. Do yourself a favor and stop in there. The place was incredible. Huckleberries in Mounds. Huckleberries in Mounds, Illinois. It's like, I don't know, maybe quarter mile off the highway. Nice little newer building. And uh, you'll probably be, probably be dinner time for you, you know, driving down, because that's probably a good four or five hours. 
from where you're at. Um, well, I know we'll how be long Monday morning, morning at like eight o'clock, so that'll be lunchtime. Oh, you, for us, actually. lunchtime. That's about what my wife and I did, because um, that was when we were driving back from uh, seeing you uh, guys back in January when we were there for the uh, NFC Championship game. We stopped there for breakfast. Ended up being lunch, and it was right. really good. Really good. Okay. Yeah, Highly recommend. Very long day, so when you do the mounds and next to almond joy thing, you hey hey. You got to throw that in because otherwise I have no idea. I thought you were actually saying yeah. that they named two cities Mounds and Almond Joy. Oh, that would like, be really? awesome. Yeah. No. Almond, <laughs> Almond Joy has has nuts. Mounds don't. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Hey, hey! Uh, I'm so wiped that I think we're going to call it right there. I don't think we could do any better than that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, any, any, uh, any baseball thoughts? Uh, I mean, we're really early on here in the uh, postseason, but a couple uh, some some good stuff so far, though. I got to say, the, the playoffs have been very good. I didn't watch it, but I was actually uh, my uncle was watching the Cubs put away the Nationals. I was hearing, I heard the Cubs beat the Nationals as, as I was preparing for the show. Yeah, three so, three nothing. Um, so I didn't. My impression is I didn't know it was legal to have games in which you give up no runs uh, in the playoffs. The way the playoffs started uh, with those wild card games where you oh, yeah. have guys going uh, a third of an inning and then getting yanked in the first inning. It's like okay, this is uh, this is a new yeah, we've baseball got, you, that I'm not used to. Yeah, you've got the Astros have gone eight to two twice now on Boston. Um, they look really good. And then Cleveland, I don't know if you saw, they had a huge come from behind victory today in game two um, against the Yankees. I mean, they were losing, they were losing eight to three. They were losing eight to three and Lindor hits a grand slam. And then Bruce ties it with a homer in the bottom of the eighth. That goes to the 13th inning. And then the, uh, Indians uh, go up two nothing on the Yankees. I mean, just add really good, compelling baseball. Uh, I, I, it's been exciting. I actually have to. I've been watching a lot of the games. I caught a good portion on the radio and a little bit at work of that Cubs Nats game. Cubs were basically couldn't get a hit. Chris Bryant drove in a run in the six. Was the first hit that the Cubs had off of Strasburg. Um, who ends up being the hard luck loser. And if Kyle Hendricks just goes out and does what he does in the playoffs and j- yeah, just throws junk, he just junk balls his way to seven shutout innings. It's amazing. <laughs> like I said, I didn't know that was allowed anymore. Uh, the the first few days, the first couple of days of playoff baseball, it was like, oh, my God, everyone is just going to score 15 runs every game. Yeah, it, And it was uh, just going to be homer after homer after right. homer. It's going to be a, no, a, you know survival of the fittest and and just yeah. a matter of attribution and, and it's not really the same game. It's not the same sport that's been played uh, for the past six months when you do it like that. And I don't know what to make of that. I don't I, I don't think I like it really. I understand why it's happening, uh, but it's still kind of distasteful to me a little bit. Like you know that it's not the same baseball that's been used for uh, you know a decade or two decades prior to this, this, this Super Bowl that they're using right now is just ridiculous. And now more and more batters have adjusted and they're just swinging from their heels every time. They don't care about strikeouts. 
every year a new record gets set for most strikeouts uh, in the in the major leagues. Every single season it's a new record and nobody cares. And it's just a different game. And it's even more extreme that way with these first couple of games in the playoffs. Like, I, I guess what I was afraid of was, was that a microcosm of what baseball is going to be in the future? Is this is every game going to be your starting pitcher gets battered in the first inning and you have to go with eight guys out of your bullpen and hope that they can hold the other team to 10 runs so that you can come back and win the game that way. It's just it's different, and I, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, is it is it a different form of baseball? Yeah, but there's been the live ball era, the dead ball era, the steroid era. Now we've got this sort of like super ball era. Kind of made that Cubs game refreshing today because he had a nice tight 3 nothing game, no home runs. I didn't know the Cubs were capable of winning a game if they didn't just slug home runs. It was, it was nice to see. Anybody, any team that doesn't slug home runs, is, it seems like they can't score. So Yeah. Yeah. But as, you know, to, to, if this continues, if this goes through into the ALCS and LCS and then into the World Series, and we just see, you know, the 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 jumping bean balls just flying right out of the stadium. I mean, that, yeah, I, I, that's not what I want to see. You want to see tight, tense pitching. Every, you know, everything matters. You just don't want to see, you know, eight to two every game, nine to eight. I, I don't. I don't want to see. Good sliders almost hitting the dirt get jacked for home runs because guys are just dropping down and and swinging <laughs> as hard as they can and uppercutting everything out of the park. Yeah, I knew there was a problem when they were in the wild card game and the Yankees uh, were playing, and D.D. Gregorius comes up and he's got twenty bombs this year. You got issues when D.D. Gregorius has twenty <laughs> bombs. That's their lead- that uh, should be a here, sign. <laughs> it might as well be. I think actually was not not Aaron Judge, BD Gregoria. That's their that's their power hitting cleanup man right now. Yeah, that's so when I think of power hitters in Major League Baseball, I think of BD <laughs> Gregorius. Right. I don't know what to make of that. So, all right. Well, I guess we're back on. Uh, we'll be back to normal then for uh, recaps on uh, Tuesday. That is the plan. I will um, planning to be home Monday evening, back from Chicago after my cousin's wedding on Sunday, and after we hang out tomorrow, uh, it's going to be me and a bunch of friends. I guess we're going to be doing this uh, a haunted bus tour of Chicago. It, it's a we're around Halloween, okay. so my thought was that it was going to be one of those deals where it's a bunch of ghouls and goblins and stuff like that. But that's not that's not what it's going to be. It's actually uh, they're taking you on some sort of tour of a bunch of places in Chicago, sort of the the underground of Chicago, where like the site of the Valent- St. Valentine's Day Massacre and some other uh, infamous incidents in Chicago, um, and, and some cemeteries that don't exist anymore. Things things of of that nature, like sort of a, a deeper, darker side of Chicago. So it's going to be a three hour bus tour of that. So. Uh, Strangely, I'm actually kind of interested in it now. That uh, I've actually well, yeah, over to thinking this might be interesting. Now you get to play tourist. That's the one thing that you, know, you grow up somewhere. You never really get to be tourist. It's just that's just what it is. And so somebody comes in from out of town, and they're like, "Well, we got to go to the you know this museum, or we got to go see a ball game." It's like it's just you know, you just you're used to it. You're used to going down to the 
museum complex or to, to Navy Pier or a Magnificent Mile or you're just used to all that stuff because you grew up around there. So it was never special until you left. It's, you know, it's one of those things now where it's like, you know, man, I, I, I miss going to Cubs games and concerts and having culture <laughs> around me. <laughs> yes. Cause you're in Wisconsin now. You're not exactly surrounded by culture. Um, Yes. No, one you, one nice thing is nobody's been nobody yet. Knock on wood has been uh, shooting at us from uh, high rises. Not yet. No, you had the one psycho uh, with the with the lawyer. Uh, that, that was, was crazy. That. Yeah. No, that was yeah. that was sad. Um, that was very sad and crazy. But that that was that was domestic. I mean, that was domestic issues and the, 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 that I don't know. Those always happen, but they don't usually happen to the tune where they. Somebody goes on a rampage and it makes the national news. Right. Uh, but uh, you're absolutely right about being growing up someplace and probably not taking part in all of the touristy things because you're yeah. there all the time and you don't really think about it. That reminds me of so many things that I've never did in Chicago. For instance, as I already discussed on this show, never set foot in Soldier Field in my life. Doing, doing a football podcast for six years, never once set foot in Soldier Field. Um, never went to the top of the Sears Tower in my life. Always intended to, always you know meant to, but just never got around to it. Um, and so many other touristy type things. And this is another one of those things. Uh, this bus tour of Chicago is going to take me to a lot of things that a lot of people probably think about when they think about Chicago, like Al Capone, yeah. St. Valentine's Day, things of that nature. That I've just never been to or never got around to the scene because I was there, but I've but if I didn't make it a priority, so this will be one of those deals. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually getting yeah. more and more uh, interested in it. Plus, my wife will be with me, so that'll be cool. Yeah, and you and you showed your shoe, and you showed your true Chicago cred by calling it the Sears Tower. It Soldier's Field. Oh, Sears. Oh, I forgot Field. it's the Willis Tower. Yeah. Uh, no, no. If I'm a real, so, yes. I want to call it Soldier's Field because it's Soldier's Field and, and Kaminsky Park. You know, come on, if that's what we all call it. Then. <laughs> no. Uh, I still call no. yeah. I, Comiskey Park is for the White Sox. Soldier Fields for the Bears. Sears Towers always the Sears Tower. The Rosemont Horizons, the Rosemont Horizon. <laughs> you know, we grew up in Chicago. Those are the things that you call them. And yeah, so it's funny though. You say Sears Tower, and if there's somebody who's younger listening to this show, they're like, well, "What's that? What's the Sears Tower?" <laughs> yeah, give give it another five years, and people are going to go, "What's Sears?" Yeah, no kidding. I completely forgot that they changed the name of Sears Tower because it's Sears Tower. Yeah, it's Sears Tower. Tower, yeah. It's, it's, it's Sears yeah. Tower. It's the Sears Tower. And good, you know, I, I bet you 60, 70, maybe even 80% of the people that live in Chicago still call that the Sears Tower. I bet you they do. Uh, I agree. I'm sure. Just, they a, do. just out of spite. And that'll, as as we die off, more and more of them will uh, will be calling it Willis yeah. Tower. They'll have no idea about Sears Tower. But there are probably people who nope. work at that building. Be like, well, where do you work? Who, ah, I work in the Sears Tower. Sears Tower. Mm-hmm. They'll go, where do you work? I work in the Willis Tower. And someone's going to go, what you talking about? What's the... <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> hey, you hey! Gotta, you got to be with the buttons when you make those jokes. You gotta, <laughs> You crack those those whip smart jokes that not everybody gets. Sorry. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. you're telling me that not a lot of people are going to get the different strokes jokes on this show. <laughs> Again, if they're younger, if they're 
10 years younger than us, no, they're not going to get that. Isn't, that. isn't that on Nick at Night or MeTV or something? I'm sh- I'm sure it is. How, how many people do you think are watching it? Uh, didn't watch it before. I don't know. The only people watching those shows are the ones that watched it the first time it ran, and they're just reliving their memories. There's not a whole lot of people watching different shows that never saw it before. Oh, there's just people that are watching it for nostalgia is what you're saying. Exactly. There go all of our night court jokes. <laughs> I was just, I, that's what I was about to say, was there's no one watching reruns oh. of night court except for me, because I'm just reliving what I watched when it, was, when it first ran yeah. in the 80s. And people don't get how many night court references that we drop into this show, like the whole, wait a minute, I feel better. You dropped one of those into the show today. <laughs> I did. Oh, that, that, that's, my, that's my guy, Dan Fielding, my favorite uh, oh, TV character of all time. Your hero. Wait, I can. You, you I can patterned your life after him. I can walk. I can mambo. Yeah, everybody, uh, you got to find that episode of Night Court and, and watch it. It's 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 the best. I don't even know how to tell you how to look it up, but basically, <laughs> what what happened? Dan got uh, he was he was in the reserve. He was. Yeah, he was supposed to get shipped off somewhere, like Antarctica or something like that, and he faked his way out of it. Comes up with a plan to try to fake his way out of it by pretending to be in a car accident. But once they bring in the the woman that would be his officer that would serve over him. Yes. (laughs) He decides that wait. He decides that wait. He felt better. Yeah. I feel better. Yeah. So. Somehow looked that up, but that's that was high comedy for us in the eighties, right there. Well, for me, I, I, I like. I, I have to say, it's probably not aged well, but when I was <laughs> when I was ten, I loved to be some night court. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. My God, it will always be my. All guy. right, we went non sequitur there because we just have to. We really did. We we, really it's did. Congra- it's contractually obligated. It. We're obligated. We have to go kings of non sequitur. So that's you know that that, that it is true. You should you could almost introduce us on the show that way as the kings of non sequitur because it's going to happen. We are the kings of non sequitur. We need to uh, pool our money together someday and, and get the uh, in much less detail dot com and kings of non sequitur dot com. We need to get these sewn up quickly because uh, there's no doubt that that we are embodying those those traits yeah. and, and we need to well, make sure it, that we're the legal owners of those. It's good to know that if the NFL like ever loses all of its popularity and has to like fold up because everybody's got CTE and nobody wants to play football <laughs> anymore, that we, the, the podcast could continue on and we would just transition that right into Kings of non sequitur. That's right. It, it, it turned into a baseball podcast in the summer and, and non sequitur all the other time. Yeah. So there you go. We would, we have a plan B, you know, just in case the NFL ever decides to fall flat on its face. So you're the host. You're gonna play us out tonight. Oh, I guess I can I'll find a find a song here. I mean, I, I could play Stanford and Sun again, but no, I won't. I won't do that. <laughs> I got it. Oh my god! Yeah, I thought that was very fitting when we had the Owen Fork teams. But you see, I threw oh. a little curveball there because then I immediately transitioned out of that into locking it up. 
you locked up the Giants and I locked <sighs> up the Jets. We are all New yeah. York tonight. That's right. Play a little song here for Carson Palmer. Play us out, Carson. You're doing the move. I know it. Of course I am. It's been indoctrinated in me. Dancing and prancing and you're almost rocking, snapping those fingers. I know it. <laughs> this has been shout out to the podcast. That's right. Shout out to Mr. Jingle Bell time is a swell time to go gliding. We'll be back on Tuesday night. Much less detail the podcast. We are the Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.